Welcome, this is RLA The Northside Way, a podcast to help promote the culture of literacy in elementary schools in Northside ISD. Hi everyone, Um, welcome to the RLA The Northside Way podcast. My name is Amanda Dagenhart. I am the reading specialist at Gaum Elementary. I'm Susanna Willis, and I'm a first grade teacher at Gaum Elementary. I'm Eva Mirelis, and I'm one of the reading specialists at Knowlton Elementary. And I'm Michelle Trevino, and I'm a fourth grade teacher at Knowlton Elementary. So we're glad you could join us today. Uh, We have a lot of changes this year in Northside in our literacy department. We've got new TEKS this year for reading and writing, and because of the new TEKS, we've also implemented a new curriculum. We have new planning expectations that have been put into place, um, a new time frame manda- mandates for our instructional blocks for reading and writing in all grade levels. We have new at-risk indicators, and of course our TPRI testing requirements have changed a little bit to match the potential indicators for dyslexia. So all of that on top of what we have to do every day, like teach other content areas, um, oversee clubs, enter RTI, and plan with our teams through our PLC planning. Um, we're getting stressed just thinking about this list. And that's, those are just work-related responsibilities. That's not even family or other outside commitments. Um, in order to make all of these things happen, teachers need to have grit. Webster's Dictionary defines grit as firmness of mind and spirit, unyielding courage in the face of hardship or danger. So to... To give you some information, um, we wanted to know how this applies to us educators. And so we sent out a survey to the teachers at our campuses at Knowlton and Gaum, and we asked a variety of teachers these following questions. We asked, what does grit look like for you as a teacher? What keeps you going when it feels like too much? And then what systems do you have in place that help you have a work and life balance? And really the purpose of this podcast will be to give you, our listeners, an idea of what your fellow teachers thought about these questions and to hopefully help you walk away with some tips for how to finish out the year strong. So let's talk about our first question. What does grit look like for you as a teacher? Most of the teachers surveyed acknowledge that although the new changes are taking us in a positive direction, it has been a lot to take in and absorb all at once. Some teachers defined grit in the following ways. um, I need to keep going and not giving up. Being persistent. Seeing every opportunity as a, a, I'm sorry, seeing every problem as an opportunity to grow. Doing as much as you can with the time that you do have and not stressing about the things that you don't have time for, as well as taking time to celebrate the small successes. Continuously trying new strategies and techniques using every second to work with and help students. And then finally, um, another respondent said, making an effort to understand all that needs to be covered so that they are not walking around in a fog of confusion. Um, Ms. Trevino, how do you define grit? Grit to me is getting the job done um, to the best of my ability, no matter what it takes. So I expect grit from my students. Um, When they're faced with challenges, I expect them to push through the challenges and get the job done. Um, with a positive attitude, and so I hold myself to those same expectations. Ms. Willis? 
Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, if we're going to expect the students to have grit and push through, then we definitely need to make sure we're showing them that same uh, model. Uh, another thing I've thought about with grit is like when we're when we're on a path and there's a bump in the road, we have to keep focused and we have to keep going. And we need to make sure that we're not letting these little bumps toss us off our path and know that, you know, our focus is the students. So we need to, um, you know, stay strong for them. Uh, another thing, when I was in the Navy, we used to be uh, on ships and you'd be in the water and there's waves everywhere and you'd have this horizon ahead of you. And just knowing that you have a horizon and that there's, a, you know, a, not just an end to the year, but a new beginning for the next year is that going through these waves is, is trying at times and it's, it's, it's wearing, but it's all for a purpose. So that reminds me of, I can't remember the exact story, but it's about a ship sailing and water getting into the ship. And sometimes that can bring the ship down. Um, I know sometimes in education, um, some of the negativity can get into our ship sometimes. And so just making sure we're pushing that water out, pushing that negativity out and staying focused on the positivity. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. So the second question we had asked in our survey was, what keeps you going when it feels like too much? This was a big one. So um, we had some varied responses. Some of them um, said that their coworkers were what kept them going, that they felt like they shared responsibilities and they had a good trust developed with their coworkers. Um, another one was their, their sense of responsibility and work ethic that kept them going or focusing on just one thing or area and getting really good at that instead of trying to do all of the pieces and not really knowing how to do them very well. Um, some other ones were prayer or humor. One uh, person responded that knowing they have no choice, so they can either make the best of it or make the best of it. And another said that um, asking for help from their coworkers or specialists helped them get through the times when it felt like it was too much. Uh, we did have an overwhelming number of respondents, though, say that really their passion for working with kids is what kept them going. And really, that's no surprise for us. I mean, that's why most of us got into education in the first place. So, uh, Ms. Trevino, what keeps you going when it feels like too much? Um, there's a saying that I heard from one of my former colleagues and dear friends that really stuck with me, and she would say it often. And it is inch by inch, life's a cinch, yard by yard, life is hard. So I apply that probably more to my professional life than I do to my personal life. Um, with that, I always have the end in mind and I know what like my goals are, but I have to take things inch by inch and break them apart to make sure that I'm not overwhelming myself. And in doing that, it allows me to celebrate more small victories along the way. And so having those celebrations definitely gets me through um, the challenges. Okay, and Miss Willis. Uh, <clears throat> so I agree with Mr. Vino. I think that uh, the celebrations is the biggest thing for me is having those little celebrations uh, with the kids. It really does make it all kind of like worthwhile. And so it just kind of gives you the extra push you need. But another thing I um, have noticed has really helped is with having my coworkers and those coworkers who have those strengths in those areas that you can go and confide in them, but also coworkers who are honest about the areas that they struggle in so that you don't feel like you're the only one. Um, not to, you know, complain about things, but to just, hey, I, I struggle with math. Can you help me with this area? You know, like I struggle with, you know, teaching reading. Can you help me? Just being open about the areas that you, you know, need help in and just not seeing it as a way to, you know, complain, but to, to grow. 
Awesome. Great, thank, thank you. <clears throat> so our last survey question was, what systems do you have in place that help you have work-life balance? Some of our responses were, I don't have a system. I need help with that. Another was some, um, some respondents shared that they try to leave work at a certain time each day and not take anything home or choosing just to stay late one day a week and then um, stay to get caught up. <clears throat> some shared that they know their boundaries and if they start feeling overwhelmed, they know that they need to take a step back and spend less time at work after school. Some said that they try to be fully present when at work and then fully present when at home. Um, others said if they took, if they, sorry, if they do take work home, they set a time limit for how much time they can work on school stuff before they have to be turned, before they have to turn their focus on being at home. Others said being organized and efficient with the time they have at work, as well as working with like-minded uh, coworkers helps. And then some respondents shared that they needed to have a hobby that they enjoy to help them refocus before returning to work. Now, um, what systems do you have in place that help you have work-life balance? Ms. Trinio? Um, it's definitely been a learning process for me. I didn't always um, have a system in place. So there were times that I was staying late every night and I was that exhausted teacher. Um, but over the years, I kind of put a few systems in place. One of them is that I do allow myself to leave one day out of the week um, at a earlier time that would normally 3.30 or so. Um, there's some flexibility in which day that is. It just depends on what my week looks like, but I do make sure that one day I get out those doors um, by about 3.30. Along with PLC time, um, I do allow myself to stay another day a little bit later to kind of front load some of those um, planning pieces or to extend some planning with my team. Um, and so there is another day that I do stay late. And then there's some flexibility in the other days as well. Um, I'm much of a front loader. So even at home, I like to meal prep and lay my clothes out the night before. Um, so at school, I do those same things. Like before I'm leaving school, I'm making sure that my desk is clean and I'm prepped for the next day. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, and then the last thing is when I'm at school, I want to be the best teacher I can be. So I give my students 100 percent. And then when I leave school and go home, I want to be the best wife that I can be. And so I give my husband 100 percent. Awesome. Miss Willis? I would have to say this is probably my biggest struggle right now. I'm, I'm learning some strategies this year that are helping so that I can, um, you know, have that good balance between work and home life. I, I think that the one thing I have implemented this year was to make sure that I do spend 100 percent of my time. That's quality time at home. And I'm totally focused on my family. And then when I'm at school, again, 100 percent. Uh, but also just making sure that I prioritize what I'm working on, um, you know, at school and not focusing on little tiny things like, did I cut this right? Did I make sure that this, you know, making sure that I focus on the big things, you know, my teaks are, is everything that I'm teaching, you know, organized and ready to go. Uh, and, and that's really helped a lot. Also just being able to ask for some help every once in a while. Like, you know, if you need some help from a parent or from another coworker or something to, you know, help you get through what you need to get done, that's, it's another thing is not just feeling like you have to do every single thing by yourself. Great. Yeah. I definitely like the small things. I used to sweat <laughs> some of the small stuff, like the cutting. And I was a perfectionist and I wanted things a certain way. And at the end of the day, those are things that matter. It's the teaching that's behind it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, in our quest to make this an informative podcast episode. So in our quest to make this an informative podcast episode, 
we found a couple of resources that we will list in the show notes. One of the resources was Six Ways to Create Work-Life Balance. It comes from the National Education Association website. Uh, Some of the suggestions that they listed was, one, to budget your time, um, kind of like budgeting your finances. And they said to do things like set work hours and stick to them. Another suggestion was to give yourself permission to take a break. So at school, that might look like um, taking a few minutes to go take a lap around your campus somewhere, or maybe a few minutes to meditate and recenter yourself. So again, a link to the full article can be found in the show notes. Another resource we came across was a blog post from Ms. Hauser, um, who said that maintaining routines throughout the day keep her sane. So things like having a set morning routine before you come to work, um, having workday and evening routines help her know what to prioritize and not get distracted throughout the day. A link to her blog post can also be found in the show notes. We hope you feel encouraged to take care of yourself so that you can maintain the grit needed to do the work that we're called to do. We thank you for listening and sharing our mission of promoting and expanding our culture of literacy throughout Northside. Until next time, we wish you glorious words, be they yours or others, to cherish and share. Thank you.